We just talked about the remarkable fallout from all the recent reporting into foreign interference in Canada's elections. Now, it's important to remember that all of the information that led to all of these investigations and the one we just talked about with Stephen Chase, uh, and, and, you know, also including the appointment of David Johnson as a special rapporteur, and all of it stems from leaked information, which raises a, a bunch of questions, and that is, how do we handle national security in this country? You know, are, are, are we out of step with our allies? Do we need to do a better job? Do we need to take a closer look at that? To help us get some details, we have Dr. Christian Luprecht joining us, who is a professor at the Royal Military College at Queen's University and a senior fellow at the Macdonald laurier Institute and author of Intelligence as Democratic Statecraft. Dr. Luprecht, thanks for joining us. Always a delight. Good morning. My pleasure. So, just to start, first of all, when you take a look at national security in this country, you have some concerns overall with the way that it's handled and, and the way we, it's almost hands off, right? Like they, they, they operate on their own. Yeah, so I have two concerns. One is that I've long said that national security intelligence in this country is rather homeopathic um, in the sense that we invest relatively little and we seem to be relatively behind the eight ball in terms of our posture, our architecture, adjusting our laws and so forth. Uh, the other issue is here, as we've learned, um, regardless of the quality of the intelligence assessments and the timeliness of those assessments, there seems to be rather modest interest uh, by the political class to action those. And of course, we live in a democracy where yeah. government can decide what to action, when it actions it, how to action. But when you're having an authoritarian, hostile state power, uh, actively not just interfering in your democratic institutions, but arguably engaging in subversion and subterfuge, then that's, of course, somewhat problematic. And so the slow rolling on this file is increasingly puzzling, I think, to many Canadians. Now, the fact that the information, and as I said, you know, the, what we're talking about here, all of the information that we've gleaned and has been reported by the Globe and Mail and Global News has been leaked by somebody, we assume CSIS, but I guess we don't even know that, but we know it's national security documents that have been leaked. That in its own right is a, is a big, big story, right? And whoever this leaker might be is at substantial risk. Uh, right, so the, indeed. So the person who's leaking the documents is uh, doing this at considerable risk to her or him themselves, at risk, of course, to the government, and also at the risk of Canada, because uh, it's never well seen by our allies when classified information sort of in an uncontrolled fashion reaches um, reaches the uh, the daylight. At the same time, it is not like what is being leaked is wasn't known. It just wasn't known in the same way. So yeah. the National Security Intelligence Committee of Parliamentarians issued um, a report in 2019 that laid all this out um, and a whole slew of options analyses along with that. Dominic LeBlanc recently tabled a report himself uh, with a whole host of options that the government uh, hasn't acted on. So, uh, so the minister that the prime minister had tasked with this file. And of course, mentions of China and concerns about Chinese intelligence, Chinese espionage, um, and possible collusion between Chinese intelligence and, Ch and Chinese triads in Canada. 
go back in open source to the thesis report of 1995. So kind of to say that, oh, we're all new to this and we're all surprised is sort of not really uh, the way to approach this. What about the response that we've seen? What does that tell us about this kind of information and the way we react to it? I mean, you mentioned it earlier, the federal government really uh, uh, slow rolling it, if you want to call it that, but uh, attacking the messenger in some cases and being very critical of the reporting by the media around some of this information. The government response, what does that tell us? Yeah, so this is powerful, of course, when you get uh, leaks and whistleblowers that you vilify the person who's doing the leaking um, because they've now become a much greater threat, in particular to the government of the day, than the people who actually created the mess that uh, um, that uh, people are having to deal with. So that's sort of powerful, the course here. Um, certainly, I think the what's what's uh, what's I think dumbfounding people is the is the extent to which the government is trying to avoid dealing with the issue, and that yeah. could be for a number of reasons. That the government just doesn't want to talk about this because it has other priorities, policy priorities, whatever climate change or whatever it might be. So, um, so it feels that this is detracting from its message. The government might feel that this is just too controversial because generally, when it comes to Canada, you're talking about security, national security, and intelligence, defense, foreign policy issues. These are not issues that win you any votes, but they're issues that can certainly lose your votes. And so for a minority government that, as any minority government, fights for survival every day, they might they might have decided that this is not worth the controversy. Or perhaps that the government is all concerned about peeling back the onion and seeing what it might find. Of course, uh, the Gomery inquiry after the Liberal sponsorship scandal did not work out well for the Liberal Party of Canada, and perhaps the, 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 the the Liberal government has decided that it would rather not see uh, what happens once you peel back the onion. Just the fact, the way the system works, and this is part of the claim from whoever it was that leaked this, and, and, and you know they actually put out a statement saying the reason they're doing this is they tried to do it the way they're supposed to do it, and nobody seemed to be listening or doing anything about it, so they decided to go to the media. When it comes to sort of overall in the system, and this is what you've been talking about you know, in terms of reviewing it and you know holding it up to scrutiny, uh, is this an example of, okay, here, here's a shining example of we need to do a better job of how we handle national security in this country? Yeah, so I think from my perspective, I would have wished uh, that instead of the stonewalling approach, certainly initially by the prime minister, we would have gotten two messages from the prime minister. One is that the leaking is not acceptable and it has to stop here and now. But since there are people who clearly have concerns about how this is being handled, I'll put in place a couple of entities that can act independently. And the prime minister has that option. So the National Security Intelligence Committee of Parliamentarians that the Prime Minister himself had has put in, put in place after the 2015 that committee is a committee of the executive, so it reports to the Prime Minister. There's nothing that would have stopped the Prime Minister from saying, on the report for this particular issue only, it will be a committee of Parliament, so it can decide what to report to Parliament and when to report to Parliament. And, of course, when the Prime Minister chose a special rapporteur, uh, he could have decided to actually have a dialogue with the opposition and make sure that there's broad agreement on the individual as well as the mandate that individual is given. But unfortunately, that prime minister decided that he would go it alone. So I think there were mechanisms in place that could have at least in the short term um, rebuilt some of the confidence that um, uh, that had been lost. Christian, are we wildly out of step with the United States and Australia and the UK and, uh, and our allies with the way they handle issues of national security and the review of their national security services? 
Uh, well, as we know, other countries, too, have their challenges. Uh, if you look at the United States, in Germany recently, uh, the director of their signals intelligence, so their CSE, communication security establishment equivalent, um, was arrested in December for allegedly being a Russian double agent. Um, but uh, what the U.S., the U.K., and in particular Australia have is when they run into challenges, Contrary to stonewalling and public scrutiny, they actually call commissions of inquiry. Think of, for instance, the 9-11 Commission, but we can talk about any number of other commissions. Uh, the Chilcot, for instance, inquiry in, in the UK after the fabricated intelligence that led to, that sort of justified the Iraq invasion and so forth. And that these then lead to substantial changes in both legislation as well as the way the national security and intelligence community is postured. Australia has, for instance, completely revamped um, its community. And there have been these recent inquiries in all three of the countries that you mentioned, which are our closest partners and allies. Uh, in Canada, the latest such uh, public scrutiny in terms of a commission on national security intelligence goes back to 1981. Wow. The McDonald Commission, which uh, resulted in security intelligence being taken out of the RCMP um, and the creation of CSIS. So you can see while our allies have quite regular uh, conversations about how they can adjust in Canada, We've actually actively avoided this sort of conversation for over 40 years. The world has moved on uh, since the late 1970s, early 1980s. And maybe just for that reason alone, it may be a propitious and opportune moment to actually have greater public scrutiny of this file. Is that movement, I mean, is that happening out there, Christian? Are there people talking about that? Is that something that might actually happen fairly soon here? Well, you can see by the letter, for instance, the Canadian Defence Association and Canadian Defence Association Institute that published this morning uh, by a host of the most senior former security intelligence and uh, uh, defence leaders in this country expressing grave concern about what is happening, that clearly there's, I think, momentum building that uh, what is happening on this file is simply not fit for purpose and that the government's response uh, is deeply concerning uh, to a whole host of people on a whole host of fronts uh, in terms of uh, not meeting the adequacies and the requirements for what many of us feel is required, uh, given both the challenges that Canada itself faces, the challenges that the world faces, and the increasing um, reputational damage and certainly reputational risk to Canada amongst its closest allies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, fascinating, fascinating stuff. Thank you so much, Dr. Luprecht. Always appreciate your time. My pleasure, Shay. Have a great morning.